Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 25 through 35, and verses 47 through 51. Hear now the word of the Lord. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom God has sent. They said to him, Well, what sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In our text this morning, we find a large crowd of people searching for Jesus. In fact, they've been looking very hard for him, even crossing over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee in order to find him. You have to admire their persistence. Well, when they do find him, they, they ask him when he had come there because he had just been with them the day before on the other side of the lake. But you see, the people had missed Jesus' late-night stroll across the sea in the midst of a raging storm. Of course, Jesus is not under any illusions about their motives here. You see, he had just performed the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, where the crowd had eaten their fill of bread with 12 baskets left over. But in the morning, their hunger returned as it always does. And so Jesus said to them, you're looking for me not because of any of the signs I performed, but because I filled your bellies. You just want more. More. Well, if that word doesn't define our society today, I don't know what does. We always just want more. And no matter how much of anything we have, it never seems to be enough. Now, I remember when our son James came home one day from middle school telling us about a boy in his class who had seven iPads. What do you do with seven iPads? I remember reading an article about an interview that took place 
a long time ago with J.D. Rockefeller, the, the world's first billionaire. And he was asked, how much money is enough? His response, just a little bit more. We always want more, don't we? Whether it's money or, or iPads or clothes or cars or, or sex or titles or success or achievements or vacations or, or luscious bottles of Pinot Noir. There's just a hunger inside of us that is never satisfied, and no matter how much of these things that we get, and yet we keep knocking ourselves out trying to get more, never satisfied with what we have, never realizing that none of these things can give us life. And yet no matter how much we acquire or consume, it is only a matter of time before we are hungry again. For more. So Jesus says to us, just as he says to the crowd, do not work for the food that perishes, that, that doesn't last. No, work for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So the crowd asks, well, what, what must we do to get it? What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom God has sent. In other words, put your trust in me. Oof. That's a tough sell, isn't it? I mean, we... We have a hard time trusting thing these days. I mean, trust is just not something that comes easily for us, especially with the way our world is. So the crowd, they ask Jesus for a, a sign so that they might put their trust in him. Moses gave us manna to eat. Well, what are you going to do, Jesus? As if he hadn't just fed thousands of them with five loaves and two fish. Isn't that amazing? I mean, Jesus has just performed the greatest miracle since the Exodus, and the people demand a sign in order to prove himself. I mean, it was right in front of their faces, and yet they still couldn't see it. Or maybe, maybe they had just already forgotten. After all, we tend to have such short memories when it comes to Jesus, don't we? I mean, we so easily, so quickly forget all that Jesus has done for us, all the ways he's provided for us and, and demonstrated his faithfulness. And so the next time a crisis comes along where we really need something, we're just not so sure we can put our trust in Jesus. You know, another iPad sounds like a safer bet. That's the kind of manna that we prefer. You remember the manna, don't you? You know, after... Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt through the, the parted waters of the Red Sea. The, the people immediately began to complain because they were hungry. In fact, the Israelites lamented, if only we had died back in Egypt where we ate our fill of bread. As if 
God hadn't just demonstrated his power and his trustworthiness. And yet, despite the complaining, God still provided the manna as a tangible sign of God's faithfulness. Now, if you recall, the manna was this white flaky substance that would appear on the ground in the mornings, and then the Israelites would go out and gather it up and eat it throughout the day. One of the mysterious things about the manna is that it only lasted for one day. And so they were only to take as much as they could eat that day and no more. If out of their anxiety or out of their greed, they tried to take more than they needed, well, the next day they would find it rotting with maggots. What that meant was that the people's daily hunger confronted them with a choice. They could either try in vain to gather up as much manna as they could in order to provide some security for days to come, or they could choose to trust that God would provide for their needs day by day. Both their daily hunger and the daily manna were given to them by God in order to teach the people that God's grace was sufficient for them. For at the, at the center of what it means to be the people of God, at the heart of what it means to be truly alive, to be truly human, is the question, where do we place our ultimate trust? And every day in the wilderness, the Israelites had to choose whether they would trust in God or in their own resources to sustain them along the journey. Your hunger confronts you with the same choice. Your own resources or the daily manna of God's provision and grace. And one of the things I, I find most interesting about the manna is its meaning. Now, the word manna literally means, what is it? When the Israelites went out that first day that it arrived, they, they looked at it and said to Moses, well, 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 what is it? And Moses said, yeah. And so every day throughout their time in the wilderness, the Israelites went out, gathered, and, and, and ate this, this manna, this what is it that God had provided for them. And I'm sure that, that they tried to prepare it as creatively as they could, but you know, there, there was no what is it helper. <laughs> they had no what is it cookbooks. Uh, and I'm sure that many days it, it did not look like much. And yet... It was enough. Of course, what that meant was that for, for 40 years, the Israelites were nurtured and sustained by a question. What is it? And every day, they kept taking in and being shaped by this question. What is it? 
What is it that's happening in my life? What is it that I'm doing out here in the wilderness? What is it that I'm leaving behind? What is it that I'm being led to? What is it that God is doing? Throughout the Old Testament, this question just keeps echoing across the centuries. What is it that God is doing throughout the story and the history of Israel until we come to the sixth chapter of John where Jesus feeds a hungry crowd in the wilderness with miracle bread and the people ask him to give them some what is it? For you see, the Israelites believed that when the Messiah came, he would once again feed them with manna just like Moses did. But Jesus corrects a, a few things for them. He says, it, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who is giving you the true bread from heaven. Notice the, the change in the verb tense here. Remember, manna only comes in the day that you have. And God continues to provide for his people day after day. But also, that manna in the wilderness, it did not last because it was but a symbol, a harbinger of the true manna. The true bread of life that comes down from heaven and gives life not just to Israel, but to the whole world. And not just for one day, but for all eternity. And so the crowd says to Jesus, yes please, we'll take it. Just show us where we can find it. After all, we haven't had breakfast yet and we are starving. Perhaps with a a deep sigh, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Don't you get it? It's me. I am the, the true manna that has come down from heaven. I'm the what is it that God is doing. If you come to me, you will never be hungry. If you believe in me, if you put your trust in me, you will never again be thirsty for all these things that cannot satisfy you. But you must partake of me if you want to live. Well, that did not go over very well with the crowd. And they immediately begin to grumble. Who does this guy think he is? And, and where's the food? After all, we usually want Jesus for what we think he can do for us, right? Focusing on the gifts rather than the giver. And yet, Jesus just keeps offering us himself. For like that manna in the wilderness, all these things that we desire, they may fill us for a moment but they never last. And that drives us nuts. 
And so when our hunger returns, well, we usually begin to complain as well. And like the Israelites, one of our favorite complaints is, if only. If only I could find the right person to marry. If only I had married someone different. If only I could get into the right school. If only I could get a better job. If only I could have children. If only my children would go away. If only I could tell my father I love him, but now it's too late. If only I could go back and do things differently. If only I had made better choices. If only, if only, if only. You can, if only, your entire life away, all the way to the grave. But perhaps the, the biggest problem with the if only complaint is that it's actually an act of ingratitude that defines your life by what is missing as it looks forward to some imaginary better future or looks back at a a disappointing past. And that means that if only is always a judgment on today. But remember, that's the only day that the manna can be found. God's grace always comes to us in the present tense as a gift today. And nothing prevents you from receiving that gift like a spirit of complaint. For when you are blinded by ingratitude and judgment, you become unable to see what is it that God is doing in your life or in our church. Even when he's standing right in front of you, urging you to put your trust in him and offering you his own eternal life to nourish and sustain you. The truth is, nothing that this world can offer us, none of these things that we crave are the true sustenance that gives us life. No, they are but but symbols of it that, that, that cannot last. And yet we keep chasing after these things thinking that that, that they're going to give us life. And yet, the more we, we keep seeking those instead of Jesus, we will never experience the abundant life that he was dying to give us. For Jesus has already given us everything that we need to be fully alive. He's given us himself, the bread of life, the true manna that continues to come down from heaven to feed us. And he's inviting all of us to take a bite. Of course, if if Jesus is the true manna, then that means that we too are being nurtured by a question. But it's a better question. For now the question is, what is it that Jesus is doing? What is it that that this, this Son of God, the Son of Man, the Word of God that became flesh, who died for our sins and rose for our salvation, the one who's claimed us as his own in the waters of baptism and who's promised to always be with us, what is it that Jesus is doing in my life? 
in my family's life, in our church? What is it that Jesus is trying to teach me? What is it that Jesus is calling me to let go of? What is it that Jesus wants me to recognize about somebody in my life or about my own life? What is it that Jesus is calling me to do? What is it, Jesus, that you're doing in my life? You may not have answers to all those questions yet. That's okay. Just keep coming and being nourished by the bread of life. The answers will come in time. But this is why we we offer grace groups and, and Bible studies. And Sunday school classes. That's why I keep urging you to spend devotional time with Jesus every day, praying and studying His Word so that you might get to know Him more deeply, that you might learn to put your trust in Him, that you might learn to recognize His voice and pay attention to what is it that He's doing in your life. For you can make it through any wilderness as long as you gather and take in the heavenly bread day after day. And you can be sure there will always be more for tomorrow. Oh, I know some days it it may not look like much. But Jesus promises us That if we keep coming to him and partaking of his own eternal life, it will be enough to sustain us along the journey, even through the wilderness of life. Indeed, it is the only thing that can. Amen.